Um, Keep speaking. I wet the bed two minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just normal things. <laughs> um, um, my favorite dinosaur is a is a Tyrannosaurus Rex, and I tried to be a vegetarian, and I only lasted three minutes. Okay, well, I think the sound check's uh, done. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening. <laughs> Episode four. Yeah. Right, Josh, what is the episode four about? What are we talking about? Because I have no clue. Yeah, Ben doesn't know. I don't know. I don't really know either. Oh, well, gonna that's be... why we have a podcast. A bit more off the cuff, I guess. Yes. I was I was just thinking back... Well, I was thinking at the end of when we recorded la- the last episode... Dragons. You were, you were like... You clearly got the notion that uh, I think I interpret the Bible quite metaphorically. Is that would that be true? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I was I was thinking about this. I I don't really like the idea of there's. I don't like the idea that there's two ways of interpreting the Bible, literally or metaphorically. And I think if you do it both either way, I think you're missing the point. Hmm. I so see. I would. Because you can take it literally, as in, for example, um, the story of Jonah, okay? Okay. Big fish uh, swallows Jonah. And I've heard this being told to me, right, well, there's a big fish. It says that. Mm -hmm. So it can't be in a whale, because whales are technically a mammal. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, I don't don't think, I don't think... (laughs) Back in those days, like, differentiated between. <laughs> I don't know. That's exactly my point. That's exactly my point. But you can take that literal explanation, but it's missing the point. And then, explanation. <laughs> that that's probably a really exaggerated example. Um, but you know, you you obviously you can interpret the Bible very literally. Yes. And you could also um, <clears throat> interpret very metaphorically. You know. But the, the problem with that is if you just think it's metaphorical then it becomes this sort of thing where you can just interpret it endlessly and yeah. you know it's just metaphorical so it doesn't really matter and you can just you know this person gets one interpretation this this person gets another interpretation yeah yeah so let's just say they're both right because yeah, it's, it's just metaphorical and, yeah, and happy days and everyone can benefit from it yeah, it'll get to a point then where it just sort of becomes this big, like eventually people can it's, then start talking their way around all these different things and all of a sudden the Bible is not the super, super important book, but all of a sudden this like study book. So it loses this foundation. Yeah, it has exactly. To it. And I don't like either of those uh, mindsets. Um, but then again, uh, last episode I was, I was talking about dragons the entire way and how, what they mean, right? Mm. And you could you can t- interpret that as being metaphorical, but you know you'd be you'd be forgiven for thinking that because it sort of, sort of is, but it sort of isn't in the same way. Because mm. remember you, you you said when I gave the fish not being a mammal thing, therefore the big fish couldn't be a whale. 
um, you're saying, well, that obviously Could ancient be. ancient people weren't weren't <clears throat> thinking in terms of whales and mammals yeah. and you know, like David, they didn't have David Attenborough. <laughs> yeah, there's like there's yeah. no National Geographic yeah. <laughs> being beamed to them. Uh, so they say obviously they're gonna see a massive sea creature. And say, All right, big fish. That's what it is. Yeah, and they're not wrong. Um, I could link it to ideas like you're familiar with John Lennox, of course. Yes. He, I don't know if this is explicitly his thought process or if he's quoted something else, but this is where I heard it first anyway. He likes to use the example of um, why, why, why is this water boiling, right? And you can think of it like in terms of well some energy was given to it and once the water molecules the H2 molecules started vibrating at a certain point um, relative to like the stuff around it it turned into a gas mm-hmm. and they'll be right in saying that that's 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 why the water's boiling right but then then he says well it's not it's not really why the water's boiling the water's boiling because I want a cup of tea which is also equally right. Yeah. Right? Um maybe it maybe it's more I have, right. I have heard of that actually. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's maybe it's more right because who cares about the vibration of water molecules? Yeah. We care about tea. Them in. <laughs> yeah. Cars right here. <laughs> um but just going back to just how then the Bible can be interpreted in these kinds of different aspects. Um first things first, the Bible is a book that can um that has a passage in it that can represent sort of any aspect life like you, you face in life any problem that you face in life the bible could talks about it um, and it's sort of like i think the bible creates this kind of perfect picture for anybody of any sort of intellectual state yeah from a child to a professional theologian you know and I think when you take into account the versatility of the Bible and how even a child can preach the gospel compared to these really big, super smart theologian people, like it sort of makes you wonder why there are arguments about it. It sort of makes you wonder why, well, there was this one passage in the Bible and therefore everybody loses their minds and it's not right and everything. And it's just like, whoa, 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 man, just let's just talk about it. It's just what's your interpretation? I'll tell you mine. And because ultimately like the Bible is a story about Jesus. And so everything points to that one character. So let's first discuss what it is that you've got a problem with or whatever. Um, and I suppose that's why, um, our last episode dragons was pretty good because here I was thinking here I am thinking that, you know, there's a, what if there's a possibility that there's actually a dragon in the sea and stuff, but then having, explored it th- further we can actually have more of an intellectual deeper but conversation the idea of a dragon became more real in your mind after that would yeah you agree? yeah 100 percent. like because it's not it's not necessarily just this thing and mm-hmm. told in stories it's, it's something that you can find everywhere yeah and i think the bible and it's not that's not it's not necessarily just metaphorical mm-hmm. that's that's what that word means mm-hmm. and when, it, when people say a dragon that's what that means Hmm. And I think the Bible is excellent at doing that. I think it's it's very excellent at giving us a story, a name for something, in which we all kind of experience. Um, I mean, you can see that like 
sin, for example, like it doesn't, it's not going to list through every single sin that you could possibly go. It has this broad statement of that one thing. That's just one example. I think the Bible, oh, how do you say it? It has this, um, it has this structure that just perfectly applies to any kind of problem. And there's not a book up to date that could ever have that depth, that could ever have that level. Yeah, without um, without borrowing ideas from it. Because mm-hmm. again, uh, back to last episode, no one made up, no one made up the storyline to Shrek. Yeah, that was... that storyline always existed. Maybe not with a big green ogre, ogre called Shrek, <laughs> but that character arc mm-hmm. always existed. Yeah, like it, when humans existed, that that story existed. Well, we talked about that last Jimmy. episode, so if you missed that, you can go watch that. Yeah. <laughs> um, At least from our memory of last episode, because <laughs> like, <laughs> some things that we probably said which weren't in that recording. Maybe. Uh, um, but yeah, it's just this idea that the human story, this rise to the challenge, and then this eventual conquering of said challenge, you know, it's the most human thing. And the Bible is full of that, and there's many different stories in the Bible that we can then reflect on. We can that reflect our particular situations, and especially Jesus and his parables. You know, I'm me as a Christian. I always find like great value in reading about Jesus' parables because I don't think I could ever have a conversation with somebody without throwing in at least three or four metaphors in there because that's just how I think. I, I think in pictures, and um, it gives me great encouragement because Jesus himself gave. The teachings of God in pictures so that we could understand but when I say we that's everyone that's from children too because I've been I've been I was I've I've been taught these as a kid and I understand them now the exact same way as I did maybe I can think about them a little deeper and then I can connect them more because I've experienced more but the story the, the writing is still the exact same you know yeah. it never changes and I suppose just your just where you are in relation yeah. to where that as changes yeah 100 percent. like let's take the example of the creation story when i was what six years old learning about the creation story for the first time i was like that's amazing stars and stuff that's so cool and that's all it really was to me but then now when i think about the creation story i think about just the dawn of love and the dawn of everything that is a possibility you know <laughs> i would never be thinking that like back then and that is completely up to me and that's a growing up it's a growing up story Whereas a lot of critics of the Bible think the Bible um, contradicts itself because it starts off as that children's story and it stays as a children's story, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just the way our world is at the minute. It's quite materialist. Mm-hmm. And even people, like, pretty much everyone's a materialist, like, in the way they, work, they think about things. Mm. Even people who say they aren't materialists, like say uh, creationists, for example, they would, they would be like very against me calling them materialist. They'll be like, no, no. <laughs> but think about it, right? They're <clears throat> taking a materialist understanding of something that shouldn't, that isn't material, hmm. right? They'd say, right, well, uh, you know evolution can't be true because it says in the bible that god created things the, and things were god good. yeah exactly right and it's 
It's way too shallow, in my opinion. Because you're, you're applying... You're applying a materialist viewpoint mm-hmm. to something that isn't material. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's backed from... Right, we, had a, we had a conversation about this. It's like... And I came away from that conversation very much because before that conversation I was like like and I assumed that evolution yeah we had a conversation it is a big question let's just give the context of what the conversation is we we had a conversation I was challenging Ben's viewpoint on evolution Uh, because at at that point at least he thought it it can't be true Mm -hmm. so what right so that's that's what it was about yeah so right now I still believe, like to this current stage, evolution is a scientific theory, right? And it is, it is worth, to, it, it can be studied and it's worth to be studied. I'm not saying throw it in the bin, it's garbage, all right? Um, but I am of the belief that I don't believe it's true because of, there's a lack of evidence. However, um, Josh presented the point that if, if somehow there has been a wave of evidence that evolution was true, it does not hinder the gospel. And it sort of it really really sort of eases the pressure on this whole Christian versus um, evolutionist kind of co- like debate where they're at each other's throats going, uh, no evolution can be true. Christians we need to understand that you know if evolution managed to somehow become true, it does not hinder the gospel whatsoever, you know. And I don't like the fact that people can judge the entire book of the Bible just with the first two pages you know like oh it, and it was good and that was what I, my mindset was and like well god created all things to be good and perfect and how they were meant to be and that still is my mindset i'm just saying though that it does not hinder the gospel it does not in any way shape or form change the reason why the gospel is there the good news is there you know the whole story of jesus christ from genesis to revelation that's all what it's about and um, what is it that paul said um if Christ's death and resurrection was like a farce, the entire Christian faith would be for nothing. You know, that's our that's our queen piece in this big game of chess, you know. And if somehow the opposing side were to take that piece and disprove it, they would have an immediate disadvantage. Uh, we would have an immediate disadvantage as Christians because that piece can never be taken because the um, resurrection of Jesus Christ could never be disproven it is a historical fact is recognized as an historical fact because we have that we have this perfect bed to lie on that i don't know as christians we have this foundation that we can always stick true to no matter what page of the bible you turn to no matter how difficult it seems to interpret to people who you're trying to interpret it to we can always flip back to this one singular moment in the bible and if that remains true then it's all been for everything you know but if it's if it's false, then everything's been for nothing. Yeah. But it can never be false. <clears throat> you you can you can take loads of loads of what the Bible says, and in different ways. And yeah, I I I I don't like when I listen to um people like you you like what's it Doctor Tourette? What's his first name? Frank Tourette. Frank Tourette. Um, I don't. I don't find much enjoyment listening to him because he's he's taking a very materialist stance on things. I mean, uh, so if you don't know Frank Tourette, he he, he finds answers to like atheists given 
um, does his best job anyway. Hmm. And and you can do that, but I think you're I think you're missing this missing the value of what I think he's missing some big point. Hmm. I'm not sure. Well, I would say that I I became a Christian through the scientific methods. I became a Christian because science can only make sense if there is a God. And so if there is a God, I need to find out what kind of God he is. And the Bible provided that for me, um, above all other uh, religions or whatever. Um, the faith of which is Christianity is what's for me. And Frank Turek, um, I'm a big fan of him. Yeah, I know uh, Because um, he actually like really, really helped me because people like me do think in that very logical kind of yeah. scientific way. So when somebody gives you um, that kind of way that makes sense and you actually like accept that with open-mindedness and stuff I mean I used to be an atheist like you know I used to believe in like there being no God and I could just live my life but then when you realize that like throughout all history and when you realize that you know that what if question you know like what actually does happen if I'm like I, I don't think I've been satisfied like what is the point you know what is the point in like love or friendship or whatever if we're all just stardust you know if we're all just here by accident and stuff and that's something that like you just can't ignore it. Well, I couldn't ignore it anyway. And so what Frank does is he is he's an apologist who then gives talks about the hows and whys of basically the universe and how it all points to God. And then he takes questions and answers where um it's big open big open mic session where um atheists and Christians are like go up and ask him questions. And he gives them answers. And he has a slideshow for everything. And he has a slideshow <laughs> for every question. And he's devoted to his work. Someone's like, but, yeah, I'm really put record. He brings up like a five part. Like, yeah, uh, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a prepared, he's a prepared man. Um, but the thing, the thing is though, the thing is though, he there's different fields of the Bible. He is a very primary field of combating what Christianity is battling. All right, and this is what I mean by again the ver- versatility of the Bible. You know, you can have people like that on a very scientific level because some could argue that the Bible is a scientific book, and like I mean, I think the Bible can the Bible can be described as any kind of book if you really think about it because it does address every a lot of um issues that we all face today. But I mean, yeah, it's, it's a whole bunch of books of like different styles of writing mm. all together. You know, one mm. one book, so you you get a whole range of what people are trying opinions and what trying to say. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just as we were talking about Jonah, the whole story of Jonah is about a disagreement. It's about, no, I don't want to do what God says. And he goes and he does all these different things. And then at the end of the story, he's still upset with God because he was thinking that God wouldn't save, um, what is it, Nineveh. And mm-hmm. so it, it just became, Jonah just became this big grumpy man. <laughs> God was just yeah, like... Yeah, that's a fascinating story. Yeah, I, I, I love that story. Yeah, but, we should talk about that yeah, in some other just, episode. Yeah, just, but just going back to it, like... Knowing that as a kid, I was like, big angry man, eaten by a fish, gets spat out three days later and goes saves people. That's mm-hmm. all I knew. But then looking back on it, it's a very, very real life story about a man who didn't want to didn't want to do what um he knew was the right thing to do. Right. Not only did he not do it, he went in the opposite direction. Completely. Um but it's just that call, you know, that call that we all eventually get, I guess. And I think that's another actually debate. Um, like how can we distinguish a call how can we distinguish God's will and stuff um, but just to just to take a side note on that I would say that you, the only really way to really distinguish God's will is to look behind you is to look 
in your past to realize what, what you've done and that then determines who you are today and if you glorify God for that then that is that call for you and you know you're doing the right thing um, but we'll probably discuss that later just going back to the whole versatility again of the Bible it's just this on all levels you know and Frank Turek is this primary source you know attacking or um, not attacking um, <laughs> I'm still my chest. I'm still my chest. I'm still my chest. I'm still my chest metaphor sort of um it's about it's about um going forth and taking on, I guess, um, in that debate with atheism or Buddhism or um uh what's it called? Islam or Hinduism. Like it's all of these different cultures and religions that he takes on and that's a primary source. And as soon as you get that, you can go on to the next secondary or tertiary or whatever. You and I, as Christians we would say what kind of like place would we be on you know we're, we're we're digging into the bible and we're discussing these very between these metaphorical metaphysical whatever kind of passages and we're exploring them in a deeper level in some in a, in a study like fashion in a conversation you know like so there is that kind of level i would say we're like tertiary whereas um he is primary I think primary gospel giving is when if you were an atheist, say, and I was a Christian or I was the atheist and you were the Christian, that would be a primary kind of um, way in which the gospel is used. Whereas me and you now would be very sort of tertiary as we're both very confident in our faith. I don't know. I, th- I would... I think I'd object to that. Oh, there you go. Jotham Jackson, we disagree. <laughs> 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 the name and the shame... Uh, <laughs> he, on want, he, he wanted it. He wanted it. Okay. <laughs> no one knows who he is. Isn't it? Um, I'm gonna try not to forget what I was gonna say. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I, I can. You're. You're. I can definitely see Frank Turek's uh, his way of thinking in you, and I can definitely see. Uh, that like materialist kind of viewpoint in you, and you're sort you're sort of slowly moving away from that. But I think I think that's your natural way of thinking. You know, like uh, this this pre Christianity with facts and mm-hmm. evidence and and uh, I mean that sounds stupid because if I said that day, well, you're not gonna prove it with facts and evidence. It's um. But then that that's a, it's the wrong it's the wrong frame of thinking. Um, I think anyway, because if 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 your frame of thinking is okay, well, I have these these bits of evidence. Okay, well, the the right the Bible is quite reliable for um, how old it is, you know, and then you can talk about evidence for that, and it's like you're missing the essence of what. Bible's trying to translate because the, the reasons why creation creationists are quite vocal in defending their, the idea that uh, against evolution I guess just an example mm. is because they, they've lost they've lost the meaning the actual meaning in the Bible and they're left with this strange modern understanding of these old texts mm. and when someone tries to attack that idea um, using whatever method they want right if that's the only leg they're standing on 
you know they're going to be aggressive and fighting against that mm. that's why I think a lot of Christians are very aggressive against uh, anything that attacks that sort of way of thinking and that's, that's just a material that's just a materialist standpoint well, do you know what I mean yeah but if I could just point you to um, Mr. Mr. John yeah, Calvin, cool, cool. He, he, he says, when a, a dog barks when his master is attacked, I would be a coward if I saw that God's truth is attacked and yet would remain silent. I suppose you're not saying to remain silent. That's completely not what you're saying at all. No, I'm saying they're, they've uh, miss They've... What they... Get that quote up again. What, what does it say from the last part? Mr. Calvin. When God's truth is attacked. Yeah. So it is... I'll just repeat it. A, go- a dog barks when his master is attacked. I would be a coward if I saw that God's truth is attacked and yet would remain silent. Yeah, I think they're misrepresenting what God's truth is. That's what I think. John Calvin. Who is John Calvin? Bruh. <laughs> <laughs> right, episode six. You're going to have your mind... George. You're going to have your mind blown... John Calvin's like one of the he's like a big influential boy. Alright. Well <laughs> He's he was like middle ages though. Okay. Yeah. Um <laughs> People who are listening to this and hearing you say who is John Calvin, I know some people that will go like, ooh, like Winston. We <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have homework to do, Josh. Alright, okay. So <laughs> what I'm saying is uh I don't know John Calvin. Okay. It's out the window. Yes. What I'm saying, yeah, you you need to defend God's truth, but what is God's truth? You need you need to get that to define that very well, obviously. Jesus Christ. For that, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah. Which is just think about it. Just think about that statement. Just think about that statement. I am the way, the truth, and the life. What does that mean, Ben? It brings me back. If you take that from a creationist viewpoint, the way they they interpret. The creation story. Yeah, like the creation. Jesus is the, not way, the way. The tr- the truth Jesus of the life. way and the truth of life. What does that makes no sense from that? Hmm. If he's the it way, just, the truth and the life. For me, it just it just cements and solidifies this idea that no matter what passage that you can point to in the Bible, all right, it all comes down to this one fact about Jesus that he is the savior of the world. It all comes down to that. Like the Genesis story is not the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. All right, the Genesis story was a was so that this story could be a thing. You know, it was just it was the it's it the first chapter of an amazing I mean, story. There's, there's so a, there's it could a be lot. Of, there's a lot of you. There's a lot of parallels between the whole idea of like that walled garden, that paradise, mm-hmm. and the image of Jesus. We can talk about that in another uh, episode if you mm-hmm. want. But it just throughout the throughout the Bible, there's loads of there's loads of patterns. Which are they're the same pattern, over and mm-hmm. over again, and it's it's very it's very interesting because it's not necess- it's not just it's not necessarily just a story, and it, that actually happened, and it's not necessarily just something that has whatever interpretation you have. It's the same thing over and over again. There's there has to be a reason for that. Mm. Um, yeah, it's if you think, and the way I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about it is, uh, you know, if if I were to describe my daily life to someone who was 
like thousand slides a year ago and say I could just I know the language, okay? I can't use today's way of speaking. Mm-hmm. Just, just for example, I'll get my car and I'll drive to the the spa. <laughs> They're like, what? Driving cars? Yeah. This is this is this is what is this? You, you've, raised um, really, you've raised a really interesting point because I always like to think, like, if they the disciple, if you had to spend a day with a disciple, right, and you showed them the state of the world and the Christ- and how Christianity is seen and all these theology exams and crap and stuff, they wouldn't have a flipping clue. They'd be like, wait, what? You know, they're the people that actually live with Jesus and like walked with him and talked to him and discussed everything with him and witnessed him, right? So they have more they have more indication and they wrote about him as well, we can see in the Bible. They have more indication about Jesus than we could ever could. Um but like if they sat a theology exam <laughs> they wouldn't pass whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, and I, I and wanna... it wouldn't be deemed in this kind of terms to be able to sit say in a pulpit and preach. Right. I I wanna I really wanna make this point, right? So when I say we can't describe our or even our daily lives to someone who's thousands, thousands of years ago, okay? Mm. Just based on our words. I'd have to convert car to just, like whatever their version of a horse, mm. right? Or a cart or something like that. Travel. Spar, the the marketplace. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. My yeah. My baguette with whatever bread they had back then. Do you know what I mean? I think they had baguettes back then. Pretty easy. Pretty yeah, but easy what if they weren't French? Oh, it'd be called a bread. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'd be called something different. Um, but you, and you can flip that in the reverse. Um, so someone back then, when they speak in their everyday life, we we probably won't have a clue what they're talking about. But they, we have the foresight of knowing roughly what it was like back then, so I can mm. transfer it to a horse mm-hmm. they can't just transfer horse to car right so we've got this old style of writing okay like the genesis story okay it's about a garden with a snake in it and there's a tree there's god and there's two people there okay adam and eve mm-hmm. and i'm i mean you can take that literally and you can take that metaphorically and you can take and it's not both of which aren't hitting what that story is all about. Mm. When ancient people say, at the dawn of time, there was this garden, and that's where God lived. I mean, just meditate on the idea. What this idea of paradise, right? This idea that there was a snake that got in paradise somehow. Even even paradise isn't. I mean the snakes. There's this there's a tree with that bears fruit that can change the world. What there's this there's why is there two trees in the Bible, right? You got the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The man ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and then that made them a bit like that made them more like God. Right? What do, what does that mean? When ancient people talk about these trees it's you can't just say right it must be just a tree and you can't just say well the tree just threw the tree out the window you've as i said there's there's parts of the whole way of the bible right yeah the tree's like this idea that it's this mediator between exists and on earth and it exists in heaven you know it goes up right Mm. and you know it it's, it's like these trees are the joining 
of the earth and heaven, right? And we eat if we eat this uh, fruit of knowledge, good evil, with that sort of joins us with uh, aspects of God and heaven. That's what like episode one was about, how we are more like God because we know there's been good and evil, mm. and and think about the, the tree of life, right? That's the tree of life is the cross Jesus died on. And he's he's the mediator between heaven and earth. This tr- idea of the tree it starts in the ground, it goes up into the heavens, hmm. and through that tree, through the fruits of the tree, we can be more like God. And we, uh, and like with the tr- uh, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, we eat of it, and we become more like God. We eat of the fruits of 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 Christ who died on that tree, right? Hmm. Jesus is the fruit of that tree. Hmm. The tree's the cross, right? And um, through Jesus, we can be more. We can be more like God. Mm. And it's this. It's that's not just. That's not just. That's definitely not a literal interpretation, and it's not just a metaphorical interpretation. It's what reality is. It's it's what happened. It's what happens every day, in our life. It's the the idea that the dragon story isn't just a story. No one made it. It's a description of it's of human, everything. It's, it's a human it's, story. It's human story. It's the description of that which is around us. In the same way, the Bible is a description of that which is around us. Hmm. That that is my interpretation of the Bible. It's not literal. It's not metaphorical. It's as is. It's, it's how it's, it's how you, it's how the human story is interpreted. It's the it's what our reality is. It's a description of our so, reality. So the best way to interpret reality is to open up the Bible. You need to, you need to meditate on it, and there's mm. you know, it just comes with deep meditation of just the things of the Bible and how it links to every single prayer, human I guess. story and aspect, and and you can't you can't have that without what's about without respect mm. that's in the uh, bible yeah. that's yeah even if you're not a christian as well the bible is a powerful book and it, it can provide you with many many teachings and lessons in which are just human but that about wraps up yeah we'll leave it there i think hmm? we'll leave that there Aye. thanks for listening yeah hope that gives you some food for thought oh yes right goodbye. have a good day goodbye bye-bye